Welcome to another episode of Look at My Records. I'm here with Sean Kiley. Hi, Tom. How you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for joining me here. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. This is a nice place you've got. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you just released a new four-song EP, but before we get into that, just tell me a little bit about yourself, your background. You're primarily a solo artist. Did you get your start playing in bands or in other different projects before you decided to focus on pursuing a solo career? I did have a band that didn't really record. It was called Square Wave Punch. That was in the sort of mid to late 2000s. And then we made a record in 2011 or 2012 that I wound up releasing under the name Sean O'Shawn. Um, and that was basically that, that band, but after it had all kind of fallen apart. So I released that record. And then after that, I kind of switched to playing mostly acoustic guitar. And then at that point, I started playing with the bass player in the band, Bobby McCullough. And uh, we brought on um, a drummer and producer named Rich DiCicco, and he helped us out with our first record, Your Logo, My Logo. And then it's kind of gone on from there. And so then when did you decide to really start your solo career? Focus on, would you consider yourself a folk singer, folk artist, or? I would, sure. I mean, not not traditional folk music. I mean, I would consider myself a singer-songwriter, because if you talk to real folk traditionalists, they (laughs) would beg to differ with the... uh, You mean you weren't traveling through the Dust Bowl like Woody Guthrie? Well, I didn't find these (laughs) songs, no. Um, And I, you know, talk about some strange things in my songs that that aren't necessarily um, as, uh, I don't know, universally folky. And some of these songs might be... I mean, I'm striving towards it, for sure. Um, I'm striving to be more direct and and more... um, folk-oriented. I do play a fair amount of folk and bluegrass music, so that's definitely a, a part of it. But, you know, I consider myself a singer-songwriter. And that's a great title <laughs> to have. Singer-songwriter, doing it all yourself. But your latest EP, it sure was good. You just released it. And we were talking beforehand. It sort of is a concept album, not really at the same time. You wrote these four songs with a particular theme in mind that you tied into your actual life. Mm-hmm. You want to just talk about that a little bit? I really found it fascinating. Sure. So I was on vacation with my wife, and we were having a, a, a tough time with some some medical stuff that was going on. Um, and um, But we were, we were on vacation, and in the middle of the night, I found myself awake at like 3 or 4 in the morning, you know, just like when you're like staring at the ceiling, and you just cannot you know, coax yourself to go, go to sleep. And, you know, as you do, I wound up looking at Wikipedia. Um, and I found, I, I, you know, you know, you go through a bunch of different <laughs> Wikipedia rabbit holes. Eventually I got into the lost colony of Roanoke, which is a story that I'd never heard. I don't know if that history had sort of just missed me in, in middle school and high school <laughs> or whatever, but it's a really fascinating story, which is basically the short version is that it was the first attempt to colonize the North American continent, um, and it just went spectacularly wrong. Um, and so all of the people who, who tried to settle this, this spot in the mid-Atlantic region, they just disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, so that was really exciting to me um, because, you know, I'm sure you're aware of the current political climate. It, it feels... It feels 
<laughs> uh, it, it's an interesting time, and um, it was. It's interesting that that the first shot at like at making all of this, like whatever led to all of this, was just a really big failure. And so I started thinking about failure, personal failure, and, and physical failure, um, and those two things just kind of came together in a really clear concept in my mind. And then as I was writing each of the songs for this, they all kind of pointed towards that in a really um, exciting way for me. Interesting. And how would you compare that approach to songwriting as compared to something that's more direct, coming straight from experiences in your own life? Listening to your 2015 album, I felt like some of the songs were a little more direct and not oh, okay. concepty mm-hmm. as that what would you say is the difference um well i my personal feeling is that these songs are as as direct as i can be um and i found it liberating to have a thing that you could point your energy towards interesting yeah that would sort of free you up from just kind of being like stuck with your own experience so you know in talking about like in in the the title track which is called uh, it it sure was good it's kind of just about being left out there alone with your partner you know what i mean and not really knowing if if you're going to make it together if you're going to come through this abandonment that has happened um which is you know points to the story of of the settlers of the colony um but sort of being oddly grateful for being in that moment with another human do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that 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 kind of ambivalence and that 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 confusion and but that sort of partnership just was really powerful for me and emotionally resonant. So I found that you know it was a real way that I could express very strong emotionality um, in in an effective or 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 safe or direct way. And they are extremely powerful songs, I do have to say. Oh, thank you. Of course. And you worked with uh, John Agnello yes. on this EP mm-hmm. and your 2015 album as well. That's right. He's worked on a lot of great albums over the course of his career, a wide range of artists, mm-hmm. Dinosaur Jr., Son Vault, um, the Jeffrey Lewis's Manhattan. Mm-hmm. What was it like working with him, and did he have good insights, good input on how the record came out or it sounded. Yeah, so on the 2015 record, Your Logo, My Logo, John mixed that record. Um, And, you know, the man is is just a real craftsman. So with that record, he wasn't involved in the recording, but he, you know, gave it a sonic character and and definitely a, a cohesion, and his mixes were very exciting like you know it's still a very it's a fairly spare record but you know he 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 just in a very short amount of time like made it sound different and better than I could have ever imagined um and he's the real like the first you know person at that level uh in 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 working in in making records um, that I was able to work with. So that's an incredible experience by itself because you don't really know at all what that's like until you're seeing the person set up, move the faders, bring a track to a certain place, 
ask you how it's going, you know, maybe move it a little bit this way, move it a little bit that way. And then ultimately just make a decision like this is, this is what the song is and this is what the record is and, and we're done, here we go. And just like his amazing experience and, and talent and craftsmanship um, were, it was really inspirational to, to, to be around. And it also just helped me going into the next records that I started making, sort of knowing a little bit more about how you make a freaking good record, yeah. you know? Um, and then with this one, with the recording of, uh, of It Sure Was Good, um, we did the whole thing basically in a day. So we did all of the, oh, wow. all of the main tracking in, in just a day, which is the vocals were live. You know, he had a setup at the, the now gone water music. Yeah. Water music isn't there anymore in Hoboken. Um, so we got to make a record on that console in that room, which was incredible. And I'm, you know, working with somebody who can, it, it used to be that, you know, when it, in the height of the CD era and, and in the seventies and eighties and everything, records wound up taking months and months to make, but like, you know, I don't have any freaking money. So, <laughs> so I have a day to make a record yeah. and you know, you're working with somebody who's done this over and over and over again, and he just gets you set up and, like, and has great sounds immediately and, like, knows exactly what he's doing. He's an artisan, you know, and and we moved very quickly, and and he knew when the song was done, and it was like, all right, we're going to move on, and, and that's, that's, that's how it went. That's incredible. Yeah. And how about recording at Water Music? I grew up partially in New York, New Jersey, going to Maxwell's, being a part of Hoboken music. And that's such a recording institution. So many artists yeah. have recorded there. So not to like geek out a little bit, but what was it like to actually get to record there before it closed? Uh, I, it was a gift. Um, I had been there once before when John mixed um, a split seven inch I did with, uh, with Jeff Taylor. So I had, I had been in there before and... You know, like, I don't want to over-romanticize what it is to be in a place like that, but it's like, it just, a place like that has a vibe. You yeah. know, you, you're in there and it, and it feels like a place where you want to have mics on you and, and, yeah. and start making some music, you know? Um, and, and John knew that room, uh, you know, perfectly. Like, he he'd worked there a ton. Um and of course, like all of the, the great gear and some of John's gear as well. Um, so it was really inspirational working at Water Music, but also we, again, we did the whole record in a day. So I was kind of biting my fingernails to the nubs as well, like just from the pressure of, of, of getting that, that all in too. I think the big, the big thing though is like listening back and like hearing the sound of that room on the drums and hearing what came out of it it's like oh my god yeah that was that was really something and it sounds great that the full length and the latest ep both sound really good you've final question ep came out any other plans for 2018 as far as releases 2019 i don't have any anything coming out in 2018 just playing some more shows i'm playing some shows around uh, Jersey. I'm playing at the Fox and Crow on July 26th with the Royal Arctic Institute, 
And then I'm in Lambertville um, with Pyronesian, Sourland, um, and I think there's one other band on the bill that's on uh, July 28th. And then I'm playing a garden party or something, a garden concert series um, out in Tewksbury, New Jersey. Um, and then I've got a big show at the Rockwood Music Hall on September 13th. Excellent. But beyond that, I'm trying to get up to the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance, um, which is in November. Um, and really just trying to... I, I have a music video that's going to come out for this record. Oh, too. that's exciting. Yeah. Who'd you uh, shoot that with? Or have you shot it yet? Yeah, it's animated. It's a, a really beautiful animation by Hannah Subotnik, um, who is a, a young animator who's just has an incredible point of view and visual style, and she did a lot of amazing things with the music video. When's that expected to come out? Um, soon. I'd say within the next month or two. Very exciting. Yeah. Actually, one more question. Since I did read that you've lived in Jersey City for about 10 years now, mm -hmm. so you're a veteran of this area. I'm no Dancing Tony, but <laughs> you're no I'm no John Aniello. <laughs> I don't think anyone's Dancing Tony, but... Nobody is Dancing Tony. Yeah. That, is, that is definitely true. <laughs> but uh, how would you... How do you think the New Jer uh, Jersey City music scene is doing right now. To me, it seems like it's moving in a positive direction. How would you say it's grown in the last 10 years since you've been here? Uh, well, there was nowhere to play 10 years ago. <laughs> so now there's a million places yeah, to play. Yeah, it's great, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you see it with all the bands and, you know, uh, touring bands can actually come through town and have a show that has a backline and is expected to have some kind of audience. So I, that's all amazing um you know i play a weekly bluegrass gig at the archer bar i did not know yeah we're gonna we're gonna come definitely yeah we're there every wednesday night the band's called the go bailers so that's going on i mean manoush bag is playing every tuesday and thursday night at uh madame claude you know there's there's tons of regular music happenings there's great shows at fm like at that sort of level like so they're still doing shows. Well, no, they're not doing shows at Lucky Sevens anymore, but I just played the, the rock and roll barbecue. That was fun. I know. I was sad to miss it. I was playing it at, the, at heat stroke o'clock. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you for, for not being there. Um, and, I, you know, uh, Monty Hall is, is incredible. Like, White Eagle Hall is, is amazing. Like, it's, I don't know, it's like an embarrassment of riches. Lo-Fi is doing shows up in, the, up in the Heights. I play at the Fox and Crow, you know, three times a year. Fox and Crow is like, is a, is a treasure. You know, that, that little room back there, no cover. They're just doing it every weekend. Uh, a secret, well, I guess it's not really a secret, but Freedy Johnson played in this building recently. Oh, really? Yeah. So next time that happens, this very nice lady put on a show in her apartment I got to be like, hey, Sean Kylie can also play your apartment gig yes. with Freddie Johnson. I, I love playing apartment gigs. I love playing house concerts and living room shows and, and backyard barbecues and, uh, you know, whatever, wherever. Wherever, wherever. That's the motto yeah. of Sean. Sean O'Sean, right here on Look at My Records. But let's... Uh, you're going to play a couple of songs for us. Yeah, I'd love to. So how about, I just want to exactly get the names right because there's some parentheses. Winter is here and Walter or the wheel. Yeah. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right. So here we go. All right. So I'm going to play Winter is here. 
Uh, and I want to dedicate this song to Dave Fedok and Nicole Fedok and Winter Robert Fedok. Got us a car. It's as big as a whale. And I'm taking you over fucked up land. Now This one's called Walter or the Wheel. Don't 
Talking way out in the sea. That's where all the things I've done wrong came to be. Will you take the wheel and we'll see where it goes? Like it or not, we will grow to the coast. Well, I'll be the wheel and we'll see where it goes. And that is the way we will grow to the coast. Sean Kylie, thanks for playing those two beautiful songs. That was a pleasure. It was a real pleasure for me to hear them. Thank you very much. Again. Yeah, man. So now we're transitioning to the second part of the program. You picked some records. We're going to play them. Each one song from each record. First up, Animal Collective Sung Tong. Yeah, so we listened to Who Could Win a Rabbit, which is track two inside A. Um, I'm going to see them play this record on Thursday at the town hall. Although that'll probably be passed by the time this thing comes out, right? I think it, either Thursday or Friday. Either Thursday or Friday. So it, good. we're in the past right now. <laughs> 
But uh, when did you first listen to that record? Did you first listen to it when it came out in 2004? You rediscover it later on? Uh, this is one of those records where my any any cool record that I've ever heard was first introduced to me by my wife. So she, she she's valuable. She's well, she's very valuable for a, a number of reasons. <laughs> but uh, one of them is that she's significantly cooler than I am. Um, so she was kind of on this pretty early. I think not long after it came out. I think Feels was also Feels came afterwards, right? Yes. So I think she kind of got into it with Feels, and then these two records were super important to us, like early in our relationship. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to go see them play this because they kind of stopped making music that was exactly like this, which was ramshackle acoustic kind of with samples and, and beats and stuff, but like still like a real organic um, feel to it. Um, and this record, like I, I was saying to you before, like I just don't understand how they made these sounds the way that they made them. Um, it's just uh, like the way they, they play the acoustic guitar, like a drum and like, I, I don't know. It's it's just amazing. It, the songs, some of the songs really vary too. You feel almost some of them you're listening to, like you're floating, very dreamy, mm-hmm. sort of. And then Rabbit or that song, it's like very kind of more in your face a little bit. Yeah. But a great, great pick. So which song would you like to to play? Oh, we're in the future now? Okay, yeah. so uh, <laughs> who who could win a rabbit? There you go. Yeah. All right, who I could gave win it a away. We actually we already listened to the song. We listened to the song and now we're introducing the song. Exactly. I we apologize heard it. for continuity errors. All good. We heard it. Now they're gonna it is. Yeah. Stephen Malkmus did live in Jersey City at some point in his career. Yeah. For a while there was a show floating around of them playing at Maxwell's. It was taken down, though. It was disappointing. Oh, really? Yeah. That wasn't in the tape archive? It was not. Uh, it would have been cool if it was. Yeah. Maybe one of these other ones that I stumble upon will have it. That'll be incredible. Yeah. But anyway, we're moving on to Sean's next pick. A great one. We weren't just talking about Stephen Malkmus out of nowhere, guys. It's Pavement Bright in the Corners, the Expanded Edition. The Nicene Credence edition of Bright in the Corners. We didn't venture out into disc three or disc four. Stuck with the main chunk of songs. But what song did you choose? And tell us a little bit about why you picked picked this record. This was the first pavement record that I I heard. And my friend Rich Polachek played it for me. And well after they'd broken up in like 2002 or 2003. I think um, and this like is probably my favorite pavement record which is against all conventional wisdom about the pavement discography but I love all the pavement records but um, but this one just having been like the first time I heard Malcolm's voice and that band and like and the sound of this record and the you know the way that he used words um, this one just like occupies that sort of brain bending spot in my head you know, where like I just completely started copying him for three or four years after that. And it took like a, a, a feat of strength to force myself to stop <laughs> singing and writing like him. So uh, the, and this song is the kind of humor of the song. Um, but also like there this 
this record's got a lot of we talked about emotionality before and I don't know if it's the way that he sings or the the arrangements and the way the guitar sound and stuff but I just feel like it's a super even though the 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 words are still kind of um oblique um it has a really deep emotional core for me so, so. for sure great explanation great pick <laughs> all right next up we got Kurt Vile waking on a pretty days and Gold tones. Gold tones. Gold tones. Last song on the record. We picked this one jointly, I would say. Yeah. Because it is a John Agnello record who you, you worked with. And how'd you. We were talking about him earlier in the episode, but how'd you come about meeting him and working with him? Well, the only reason why I was, I've been able to work with him was because I live in Jersey City and because he lives in Jersey City. So I. You know, he's out and around town um, for now. I mean, he's moving shortly. But um, he's been here for a long time, and he, you know, he supports the scene, and he, like, he helps out bands when he can, uh, for sure. And uh, Thomas John Carlson, who owns the Jersey City Art School, introduced me to John just one night, and then I looked him up. His website had his email address on it, so I emailed him um, my the, the Sean O'Shawn record that I was telling you about, and... He, um, I guess he gave it a listen. He wrote back. He's like, sounds cool. Great. Um, and then after we had recorded Your Logo, My Logo, my friend Heather Doobie has worked with John before. Um, this was when she was living in Jersey City. And she put in a good word for me and, you know, set up uh, a meeting. And, and John was like, I'd love to mix the record. And, you know, was very generous to, to do that. And, uh, and that's how we met. That's awesome, and the rest is history, as they would say. And he produced this record. It's a great record. You picked the song. Why'd you pick this song, though? Uh, this is like a classic. This is a good last song on the record. Um, really elongated, you know, kind of like fades out. Yeah, it's a real KV jam. Uh, I love Kurt Vile's chords. I think that the way that he, you know, moves his chords around in songs always feels... Uh, pretty unique and uh, and it's just always like a, a really good vibe um, and I think the sound of this record is is a real John Agnello, John Agnello sound um, I'm mispronouncing his name left and right which is terrible he, uh, he the other day I, I played that Lucky Sevens barbecue and I, <laughs> I mispronounced his name three times and he pulled me aside afterwards and he was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. So John Agnello, um, the sound of this record is just like, I don't know. It's like there, there's like a pillowy um, quality to it, but it's also like super clear. And I, I don't know um, the, the way that his, his reverb sound, I, I just think about it in these, uh, these kind of like, abstract or, emo or emotional terms but uh, that's uh i think this is like a vintage john and yellow sounding kv tune very well said very well said <laughs> gotta say but here we go so we're about to hear three picks starting it off with animal collective followed by pavement kurt vile and the violators here you go we mean the unknown. We in the store right here. News, news, them. Uh, teenage coming around. 
All right, thanks for those wonderful picks, Sean. Again, you have great taste in music, <laughs> and you're a great musician. So thanks for coming on. We're coming to the end of the program, though. So you got some gigs coming up? Yep. July 26th, Fox and Crow with the Royal Arctic Institute. Um, July 28th, I'm going to be out in Lambertville with Sourland and Pyronesia. And then uh, I got a gig uh, in Tewksbury, New Jersey, out by uh, the Trump National Golf Course-ish uh, on <laughs> August 16th. And then I'll be at the Rockwood Music Hall on September 13th, Stage 3, with my full band. Awesome. And your latest EP, It Sure Was Good, available at seankiley.bandcamp.com? It's Sean O'Shawn dot bandcamp.com okay so sean zero sean dot band and it's available in digital download and i saw there's a cd now i do have cds for sale that's yeah. awesome so if you're into the cd format compact disc format you can get it you could also get digital download anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up uh, thanks for having me on tom i really appreciate it it was a pleasure and you just gifted me this wonderful seven inch willow texas that you did with your friend Jeff Taylor, yeah, frequent collaborator, or mm -hmm. yeah, we we play shows together quite a bit, and whenever we do stuff, we we're, we sit in on, on each other's sets quite a lot. And you put this out last year. Mm -hmm. It's a nice one. So, would you like to play "Song in Texas" or "Willow Echo"? Well, "Song in Texas" is Jeff's tune, so I mean that that one could be cool to play. "Willow Echo" is my tune. Let's play both of them. All right. Right? Yeah. Let's play both of them. You're about to hear, to close out, Willow, Texas, Willow Echo, and Song in Texas, Sean Kylie, Jeff Taylor. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Tom. It was a great pleasure. It was wonderful. <laughs> Here you go. You're about to hear it. This great seven inch.
Thank you. 